What's up, podcast? Welcome back to another episode of Hospitality TV. I am your host, as always, Raphael Peterson. I hope you're staying safe, hope you're staying sane, and I hope you're staying healthy during these times. On today's show, we interviewed Stefan Kurpinski. He is the current president of the USBG, the United States Bartenders Guild chapter here in San Diego. We've connected quite a few times in the past, so I was really glad to be able to at least get this phone interview with him and see what these guys are doing. Um, they, on their Facebook page, which is USBG San Diego, they are posting a bunch of local support from businesses, brands, restaurants, and individuals almost on a daily basis um, on things like being able to go to a bar where has somebody has an open tab and you can go get some food to go or a couple of drinks to go. There's really a lot of support in a lot of different forms that if you're listening to this and you are in the hospitality industry, you don't have to be a bartender. Even though it is the USBG, you can work in the hospitality industry, still sign up to the Facebook group and take advantage of some of the support that is very generously being put out there. So sat down with Stefan to kind of see what they're doing on that front. And it's really impressive. On another note, from what I've seen, the USBG, at least here in San Diego, because there are different chapters, has been a tremendous model for what other institutions can try to form to create um, a stronger connection here in the hospitality industry. They do a great job on the technical side of how to you know, train bartenders to have better skill and better technique and a more dedicated approach to their craft. On the other side, they're also very involved in their community with their community members to make sure that their well-being and their health is in play these are some conversations that have been coming up as of late i've attended a couple of these seminars and they've really been amazing so without further ado here is stefan on the podcast and as always please let me know what you think you can hit me up on a dm on instagram at hospitality tv um, and give me your thoughts thanks a lot enjoy cool we are live Thanks for tuning back in, ladies and gentlemen. Today we are on a video interview with Stefan Kurpinski. He is the president of the local Still. chapter of the United States Bartenders Guild, um, brand ambassador for Mr. Black Coffee Liqueur in the U.S., uh, amongst other things right now that he's doing. How are you doing, Stefan? I'm good, man. I'm um, quarantining in, at home in sunny San Diego and uh, kind of wishing I was outside on a Saturday. Yeah, no kidding. It's a beautiful day out there. I'm getting all the glare as well into my studio. Um, but thanks for taking the time, man. I really appreciate it. You and I have kind of connected uh, recently a little bit more. Uh, you've been fortunate enough or you've been kind enough to let me crash some of these meetings that you guys have been doing. So I really appreciate that. Uh, before we get into that, though, I'd love it if you could give us a quick background on yourself, how you got into this beautiful, crazy industry um, leading up to where you are now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it goes way back. I don't know how long this this uh this broadcast is but i'm i'm 40 and i started when i was 15 right when you could right washing dishes in san francisco at a, an italian restaurant um and then just kind of worked my way up in the kitchen all the way to you know what eventually was a uh, line cook pizza cook position at a tiny little pizza place down at like down on powell street where the you know the cable cars turn around um, yeah, yeah i grew up in san francisco i grew up in the city i had my first fine dining yeah, yeah. at uh, aqua on the street Lonnie's pizza exists oh anymore. no way man nice <laughs> um but yeah so that's where i started and then uh and then i worked you know i eventually worked my way into front of house because i saw servers making way more money than all of us cooks were um but as soon as i got you know serving tables waiting tables i realized that wasn't my wasn't for me you know it, like that it's a very serious serving you know service kind of a situation and i'm not that I don't take life seriously, I just, it just wasn't for me. Um, so I started getting my, my uh, manager's ear, I guess, 
to get behind the bar because I had just turned 21. Um, and it took till I was 22 when somebody, you know how it always works out, right? Somebody in the restaurant world, restaurant bar, somebody gets caught, you know, drinking a little too much on the job and next man up. And uh, the squeaky wheel got the grease and they threw me back there with a Mr. Boston's guide to bartending. This was probably, geez, I don't know, 2006, um, 2005. I've been doing it for 18 years, so you can like extrapolate back. But um, yeah, so it was like really early on in the in the cocktail like renaissance. Um, so there was a lot of bars that there was a couple bars that were doing really high level kind of you know classic style bartending. There was a lot of bars that were still making drinks with you know post mix and all that stuff. And that was one that was one of the bars I was at for the longest time until um, I decided to you know kind of work my way through you know learning, learning how to actually bartend and, and, and work in the craft side, which is what I did. And I, I, through that whole way, I was also in management. So running bars and restaurants, I was, when I moved down to San Diego, I, I ended up over at the Logitory Pines and was the bar and restaurant manager there for uh, the grill. Um, so working at a five diamond four star property, really learning, yep. you know, high level hospitality. And then I worked, worked over at George's at the Cove and ran all their bars for five years. And then uh, did a stint over with uh, the trust restaurant group for a year running one of their bars. And, um, after that bar got transitioned into a restaurant, I, I found my way out, um, ended up where I am now. And I'm the national brand ambassador for Mr. Black cold brew liqueur, which is a really awesome, uh, coffee liqueur based out of Sydney, Australia doing like kind of bringing third wave, third generation coffee into the night, um, and into a format that you can be used in craft craft cocktails. So, I've uh, been able to preach the good word of, of coffee and um, in doing that, obviously, I still get to continue building relationships and, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, just being a part of the industry that I love and being a part of the you know, community that I love. And that has fostered me and has turned me into the guy I am today. You know? Yeah. And then how did you get linked up with the USBG in San Diego? Yeah. So I think it was probably about three and a half, four years ago, about four years ago that I... You know, I, I, everybody's very opinionated in our, you know, our line of work, you know, whether what's the best region for wine or, you know, who makes the best cocktail or what have you, or, or how, you know, especially with bartenders, we we're always the quarterbacks, we're the stars of the show, you know, like I had my ideas of how, of how, th- and I think everybody does. And I think a lot of people project that on me now, which is great, but I just had some ideas on how our community was going and what direction it was going in and uh, and how we could make it better and get a be- bigger bandwidth. I-, I would see a lot of, you know, awards being given out to other bars and other regions and nothing ever came back to San Diego. Even though we had some great bartenders, we had some really awesome bars, some really great programs. And, you know, we just don't get the love. We're a, we were a third, you know, a tertiary market, in my opinion, about six, seven years ago. Mm-hmm. I think we're definitely a secondary market now. Obviously, we're never going to be a, the, the primary with, LA a hundred miles north of us. But I, I, I had some ideas that I would like to help our community. And um, the previous president kind of brought me on as a liaison to try to, you know, push some agendas. He was on his third year, kind of like I am now. Um, it was, it was ready for him to move on. And he, you know, he kind of saw that I had the ability and, and the desire to want to kind of push forward. Um, and then I ended up president uh, about two and a half years ago. Um, and uh, I've just been trying to help wherever I can. And if anybody has a good idea, I've just been trying to go with it, you know, if, if I think it works and, um, I think it's been good. I think we've had a lot of, you know, positive 
things that we, a lot of positive programs we've worked on in the last two and a half years. And I'm looking forward to transitioning into, you know, more of an advisory role and letting somebody else take over for me. And I'm excited about that and, and try to advise that, you know, the next generation of leadership here in San Diego, you know? Yeah. I mean, from what it seems like, it, it seems like that the, um, the local chapter has grown a lot since you've been president, if I'm not mistaken. And there's been um, a lot of active participants in what's going on. Um, and, you know, what, right. what recently caught my eye was, uh, was it seems that there's, you know, I can't say I've been following for several years, but maybe within the last year and a half or so, it seems that there's been a more events that have been focused around um, the well-being of the bartender and and their craft and the longevity in the industry. You know, like we right. um, we see so many people burn out in this industry. You know, having people who have really been in it behind the bar long term. I mean, you really don't see that. You you see it very rarely. What happens? A lot of people they they, they transition into a sales side or or like a brand ambassador. And there's sure. different opportunities, different outlets for people to move into, which is great. Um, but it's hard to be in the industry long term, right? In the restaurant business, in the bar. right. It's like it's like you know being an actor or something, right? You see a lot of actors and actresses. You know, they do it in their twenties and then they kind of get thrown aside for the new. You know, they have to they have to transition, right? They have to right. transition their career. Um, and it's it's very it's mentally draining, but it's very physically draining too. Um, our, 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 especially behind the bar, right? If, if a server or a, you know, sommelier is on their feet for eight to 10 hours a day and they're walking, you know, five, six miles on average on a shift, the bartender is doing both those things, but they're standing in place more, which is obviously worse on, on your back and, in uh, and, you know, core and all that. But then you're, it's also a very physical job. You're, you're bending, you're reaching, you're stretching, you're shaking, you're picking, up heavy you know like 30 pounds worth of ice and you're doing all these very and and just if you go to a bar after the lights are turned low and you know the candles are on and you're like man that's like the coolest job ever right like that's that's when we're on stage and that's what it, there's still a lot of physicality there but there's a lot of setup and a lot of you know putting away of heavy cases of booze and whatnot that it can also take toll um and and then there's also the working late right and, and a lot of bars are open till two you don't get home till four or five in the morning and you sleep, you usually drink and you sleep until noon and then you start the process all over again. And there's really no separation of work in, in life. Um, and it can, it can start to wear on you after a few years if you don't have the, you know, the, the inner, you know, strength to be able to do something active and do something for yourself and separate those moments from, from work. You know, it's very simple to fall into a loop that's, that's kind of self-destructive. Um, so it was absolutely one of the agendas I tried to push. And I think that a lot of people are jumping on board now as we're seeing some of the ramifications. I mean, in the last hundred years, bartending hasn't been a career. It's been something you do to get yourself through college. That's how I started. Um, or just for a couple of years while you're transitioning out of college or transitioning into a big boy or big girl job. And in the last 10 years, we've carved a whole career out of bartending again. Right. And, uh, bartending is being, you know, starting to be respected the way that chefs are, and um, and you're seeing bartenders, you know, myself. I just transitioned, and I'm 40. I turned 40 while I was still bartending. Um, there's people, you know, there's, there's a great guy in, in uh, Oregon, Jeffrey Morgenthaler. He's approaching. I think it's, I think he's turning 46, and when he hits 46, we will have been in the bar for half of his life, 23 years. Yeah. So that I mean, this is becoming more of a normal thing. So we're just now figuring out, just like working in, a, in an office, of how you set up your, you know, your, 
your, your situation to be really ergonomic. We're just now figuring out that you have to do that behind the bar too, right? So build outs are getting a little bit better and a bit more ergonomically set up so that it's built for a bartender to work, right? Um, but we're still seeing a lot of issues both mentally and physically and, and those are things that are gonna have to be addressed. Yeah, and I think that it's very important for them to get addressed in the first place because I don't think we've seen a lot of that, you know, five years ago, right? There's definitely a different style of focus. And, and you know, we were recently in the same room together in a tremendous conversation about, you know, the awareness of mental health and being fit, not just physically for the bar, but emotionally. Like you said, you're standing in place for eight to 10 hours. You are delivering a technical product that, you know, you've read up on and you've studied on and, and there's a certain amount of dedication that goes into that. But not only that, you are, like you said, you're literally performing in front of somebody. You have to have, you know, the emotional toughness to deal with, you know, what it takes. Sometimes it's not always yeah. fun, you know, loving people. And sometimes it can be really tough standing behind a bar and having to deal with people that, you know, might not be in the best place to appreciate what you're doing. You have to be able to have thick skin and deal with all that. I mean, there's so much that goes into it, right? Um, and um, all that stuff goes into it. And there's also alcohol, which is another, yeah. obviously another layer that can really mess the whole system up, you know? Yeah. Depending on if you work at a dry bar or a wet bar, wet bar meaning that it's a bar that's acceptable and socially acceptable to drink behind, um, that can, that causes a whole other set of issues. And, and, you know, everybody, I think a lot of people get into the industry with, with their own, you know, for whatever their own reason is, but there's a percentage of, of, of bartenders and, and I think same with sommiers and anybody who works in our industry who probably shouldn't be in our industry, right? Because maybe there's, maybe there's a codependency on, on that substance that they're pushing, right? Or, or you, you kind of fall into that trap and it, it kind of changes who you are. And, and if you're not mindful of that and you can't pull, pull it back, then it can really spiral out of control, which is kind of the discussion we had the other day at, at, our, at our last uh, chapter meeting, which was what happens to, in the worst case scenario, right? When you start using and you start using other drugs and you go down a really bad, you know, uh, depressive, you know, mental road to the point where, you know, suicide is, an, is the only option, right? Like if, if it goes all, all the way down to that part, like how many steps, you know, how many opportunities did our community and, and your friends and your family have to try to, you know, steer you back, right? And how can we start to, in our own minds, see when we're starting to head down that path or start to you know, reach out to our friends more to make sure that people are, are engaged in, in the community more than just, hey, see shot, take shot. Okay, moving on, right? Like, good to see you. I got to move on. Um, those are really important things. And, the, and I, I mean, 10 years ago, we wouldn't have these discussions, right? It was always, well, here's how you crack ice always use fresh citrus, um, two, three quarter, three quarter, like all, you know, all the technical bartending thing, but now you've got so many more bars that are, are at least giving people the basics and not saying that we don't still do, you know, like just industry, uh, educational pieces, but I think you have to sprinkle in some of the, you know, the more personal stuff and the things that isn't, aren't sexy on a, you know, a, a meeting, minutes or like, you know, Hey, come to our meeting. We're going to talk about suicide or, you know, we're going to talk about, um, alcoholism or, you know, whatever, like those aren't really sexy to, to invite people to a meeting, but they're, they're things that have to be said. And, and if, if we get them out in the open more, I think that people are going to understand that it's okay to talk about them. And when we start to open up and actually talk about who we are, then, you know, good things happen, to be honest. Yeah, I think that's the really important point of making it something that can be completely normal out in the open. I was talking to um, to Bobby Stuckey not too long ago 
Um, and he has a couple of restaurants in Colorado. He's a master sommelier. He's, you know, one of the leaders in hospitality. And, you know, he was saying how he openly puts his, you know, his, um, the appointments that he has with his, with his therapist on their Google calendars that all the staff and all the managers can see. So everybody knows, Hey, listen, Thursday at this time, Bobby's going to go see his therapist for a couple of hours and just to yeah. get his little mental check before he goes into service and making it a complete. It normalizes it a bit, doesn't it? Yeah, he'd compare it to like if somebody came in to work with, a, you know, with like an asthma inhaler or something. It's like that'd be completely normal. Like, hey, I have to go use my inhaler. And why is it looked down upon if you have to have something that's going to help you with like a therapist or something like that? It's right. kind of like that like in a different light. So I think putting it out in the open for a lot of people is going to help people in general. Yeah. And, that, and, and I think we talked a little bit about that that last meeting, too. And I may have brought it up, brought it up that like, yeah, I mean, when the lights are turned down low and we're so used to being the cool, you know, the cool people behind the bar, you know, with the cool outfits or whatever. And, you know, the old school bartending outfits with the vest and everything, like always done to the nines and really, you know, showing off and, and creating an experience for guests. But when we're all sitting in a meeting, you know, and we're all just wearing our clothes that we wear out, you know, like to the grocery store, like there's no sense being cool about it. And if we do have an issue, it, we, sh we should be able to at least be honest with each other because we're all going through the same, same thing, you know, to some degree. We all do the same job. It was the same thing, you know, two and a half, three years ago. And I was like, hey, man, like, here's how I make my syrups. Here's how I, you know, here's, here's the way I get my orgeat not to separate, you know. Orgeat is, is, a, is an emulsification similar to, a, you know, mayonnaise. What do you have to do? You got to whip the hell out of it, right? Like, so just being able to share knowledge like that and not hold it in, I, I, I noticed we all got better, right? Mm -hmm. So I think we have to do the same thing on, on, the, you know, on the more personal level, too, is that, hey, I go, I go to a I go to therapy once a month. Oh, oh, he goes to therapy. Oh, he must be messed up. You know, like that's not how it is. It's, it, it, it's how, you know, you get through and how you get better, right? If you're not getting better, same thing in, in the business world as the personal world, you're, you're getting worse. You're not staying the same. There is no, there's no staying equal. You either have to be improving or you're probably regressing, right? You're yeah. forgetting things. So. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I agree. Yeah. Well, I'm really, um, you know, I'm really, glad that you're doing that um here in the local chapter uh for san diego and and i'm just really excited to see what else you guys are doing so please you know keep that up it's been a really important part for uh for the community especially obviously your bar community um heard so many good things about those meetings lately so yeah keep it up for sure and let us know how we can jump in and help um i want to talk about a little bit obviously about what's going on right now in the world um yeah. you know around us and it's just been so tough for everybody I know that you are um, a pretty important hub in this community and that you're probably hearing a lot of things coming your way. Um, and I was just wanted to kind of focus in a little bit of that because what we are seeing is a lot of really cool positivity in restaurant owners, bar owners that are stepping up to help members of the community. Um, you know, I was talking to Johan from Breakfast Republic. Those guys um, went from just providing meals for their own staff to anybody who's been unemployed from this, uh, you know, COVID crisis and to come by their, uh, their Breakfast Republic um in mission valley <laughs> daily between 8 a.m to 2 p.m to come pick up meals for them and their families that no contributions are necessary so you know i feel like um there's a there's a moment a couple of days ago where there were so many of those things coming from left and right i'm just trying to consolidate some of those things so i'd like to ask you um i guess first of all how you are dealing with it how uh, the usbg has been dealing with it um and then we can talk about maybe some some local support for the SD community that, uh, um, that they might be aware of that where they can go for help and support and meals and things like this. Sure. Sure. I mean, it, it's a community. Thank goodness that we, not just here in San Diego, but, but nationally, 
the bar community is is small enough that it's very it's very interconnected mm-hmm. and you know supportive, especially in the last five six years when we stopped you know hiding what we were doing from each other you know and like really talking about it. Um, th- there's been a lot of really good that's moved that that now that that we we're in this crisis we're obviously we at least have a starting point. We're all we're all been holding hands for a long time, and now it's just a matter of tightening up and just not letting go of everybody's hands. And like, we're, you can see a lot of, a lot of people just trying to find a way to help. Um, and nobody's, it, nobody I've seen is, is to try to take advantage of a situation, right? It's everybody needs to get through this period together or we don't know what our, our industry is going to look like when this right. whole thing is over. Right. Um, so th- there's been a lot of great, great things that have happened. You know, if you're talking about the bar world, you're, you're really talking about people who work, or own bars and you and you're talking about um people who who work or own a you know a, a, a bottle shop and then you have the brands those are the three you know like that we call it the the brands the or and the distributor i guess as well too so you have brands you have the distributor you have on and off premise and that makes up the the beverage community right um and so all all of them have to pull together obviously off premise like your bottle shops are crushing it right now because people are buying so much and taking that home mm-hmm. they're doing just fine but everybody else is struggling. The brands are losing at least 70% of their business. The bars are losing at, you know, at, at worst 90% of their business or no, at at best 90% at worst, a hundred percent of their business if they're just closed. Um, and then, you know, as far as all of us hospitality workers, most of us are sitting at home waiting on an unemployment check. And that is really scary when last week's numbers for unemployment in California alone was 1 million people last week applied for unemployment. So you take 40 individuals that are of, you know, working age in California, one of those 40 applied for unemployment last week. That's insane. Yeah. That's a crazy number, right? And so many of those, such a high percentage are working in the food and beverage industry because we don't have a fallback. And it is rad that some restaurants are able to support that, that type of a program in which you talk about, but there's a lot of bars that are in, in California. It's called a 48 license, um, which means you can't sell or you don't have to sell food. So none of those places do sell food because that's just right. more, you know, more money thrown in. All those places are immediately closed because they can't, they can't sustain. Um, and then everybody that's working off of 47, that's more known for their cocktails and their food are struggling mightily. Right. So um, a lot of those people can't even, you know, pay a core staff to stick around. So they've had to let everybody go so that those people can apply for unemployment. And if you look at it, I mean, I, I hope this thing ends sooner than later. You know, it's, there's still a lot of uncertainty there. Um, where, whenever this thing is over, our industry is going to look very, very different. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, just even with the bars that, I, that you know, we're talking about, I, I, I would be thankful and appreciative if we got to 75% of those bars reopening when this is all over. because Margins are really, really slim, especially in California. And unless they get a, a bailout that's bigger than what we're looking at, I, I just don't, I don't see the, the money working out, right? Um, but that doesn't mean they're not all trying to help. And there's a lot of bars. The, the biggest group here in town is doing everything they can to try to you know, help their staff, which is really admirable. And they're doing fundraising efforts, whether it's selling um, you know, merchandise or selling gift cards. Or, or keeping a couple of their businesses open for takeout only and 100% of the proceeds going to help the people who work for them, which is amazing because that, that gives the people that work for them a, a little bit of, you know, 
peace of mind that they're not just, you know, a number to the, to the owners. Um, and, but even if, if you have been laid off by your, by your employer, you shouldn't see it as that employer not caring about you. As a matter of fact, they do care about you enough to ensure that the paperwork is filed correctly so that you get 100% of your unemployment as soon as you possibly can, right? That doesn't mean they're not going to hire you back when this whole thing is over if they have the means. It means that they just need, they, they need to get you off payroll taxes and they need to ensure that you're getting your unemployment, you know? Because I've seen horror stories where, you know, bars are just like, I don't want to fire anybody. We'll just kind of furlough. And then people go and apply for unemployment and they come back and go, hey, you need more information. And the employer has to end up fixing it all on the back end anyway. So, right. Um, so that's kind of what's going on in the industry and everybody's trying to help. Um, all the brands are doing what they can and there's been a lot of money thrown around um, to the USB, USBG Foundation, which uh, is a, another arm of the, of the Bartenders Guild here in the States, which is a true 501c3. Um, and they've set up, years ago, they set up a program called uh, the Bartender Emergency, uh, basically Emergency Relief Fund. Yeah. Um, in case, uh, in case of emergency. So if, and, and this happened in San Francisco's chapter, there was a, there was a bartender that was, you know, coming into town just to hang out and check out the local bars in San Francisco. And that person got ran into by a car that actually got, actually ran into the bar. And this, this poor guy was, had a lot of medical bills. Obviously a bartender didn't have any, you know, didn't have any way to get, you know, your, your med- medical bills paid. And so the local chapter actually developed a, like a relief fund internally to help out this bartender from a different part of the world. Yeah. Um, and so that we set that up on a national level. And usually that handles, you know, 20 cases a year, they, those really extreme cases. And, and that gets funded through some fundraising. And, and we hand out that money to those that really need it. They apply for the grant and then they, it, the money's doled out by a board of, you know, a board of trust, basically. Uh, that handles that. Well, when this whole thing happened here in California and all the bars closed down, we went from having seven applicants to well over a hundred thousand in one week. Um, so that we were ha- obviously this has happened before last year with the, with the California fires, we've been able to ramp up into a, a use that as a larger mm-hmm. thing. Um, but so we have a little bit of experience with that, but this is obviously a way bigger number. Right. So um, we're, we're mobilizing and we're trying to, scale up large enough to, to handle the, the added volume. So I, I've signed up along with a ton of other leaders um, in our community to just to screen all the applications and get the bogus ones out of there and get, get the process going quicker so that money can get dispersed because brands are, are donating. I'm very thankful, but brands are donating a lot of money. And there's, that money's there and we want to get that money out. You know, it's not a ton, but it is, it is helpful. It might pay some cell phone bills, what have you, if, if you, you need help, right? Um, so that's kind of nationally what the USBG is doing and it's actively fundraising now um, with brands and, and, and outside donors to increase that pot because, you know, the big brands like Diageo, they, they put a million dollars in and Bacardi and all those places and some of the smaller brands are fun, trying to fundraise for it too um, because it's all symbiotic, right? If, if, the, if the bars fail, then that's 70% of these brands business and that's not going to be good for anybody. Um, so luckily everybody is, is kind of pulling together on that. Um, and, and then the, the second part of the question was um, what's happening locally if you need. If you Maybe need locally, yeah. You know, I, I know it kind of changes a lot. I mean, like everything that's going yeah. on with this whole scenario, it seems like every day is different, right? And every day is new. But I, sure. you know, I, I saw a lot of people or I saw a handful of 
brand ambassadors, you know, hey, you can go to this bar tonight and I'll have an open tap yeah. for you to pick up a couple of, you know, some meals or whatever. And, and so just trying to, um, how to the best that we can consolidate yeah. those things that are happening. Again, I know that they're very flexible and they change um, almost every day, but just more on sure. a level, just trying to see what you'd seen. And Well, we have a, we have a running um, board uh, on Facebook that mm -hmm. we, we update every day. That's um, USBG San Diego. It's an, it's a group on Facebook that you can okay. ask to join and I just get you in immediately. Um, and we post everything that's going on that we can get earshot of um, on there. So it's most stuff and people know to, to let us know if something's going on or if they have an event going on. Okay. Um, and we obviously turn that into like an emergency, you know, dartboard, right? Of like, Hey, you need a meal tonight. You know, there's been a lot of local reps who work for big companies who still have, um, some money to spend at accounts, um, that are still open. So places like metal, which have really been doing great with, um, with Randy and, and, and the gang down there, they've been really good about, He's got a lot of relationships with brands and he's got people sponsoring industry meals for anybody who needs it. You know, there's usually about 70 a night. Um, so you can just go down there and be like, Hey, I'm industry. And then, you know, whoever, whatever brand is, is, is donating the funds that day to feed them. will we'll, we'll take care of the bill. Right. Um, and then there's, you know, other accounts. Where are those guys located? Metals downtown on, uh, I think it's fifth, um, in the gas lamp. Cool. Uh, it's a newer bar M E T L. Uh, it's kind of like a, a rock and roll bar, but they've got a kitchen. They've got some really good food. Um, so you can look, you can look all over um, Instagram and whatnot to find that, that help. Um, the family over at um, OB noodle house that also owns uh, screwball whiskey. They've been donating a lot of money to, um, to help people get food in the house and, and stay, you know, stay nurtured. Um, so you get, that's a great research resource as well. Um, and like I said, they're, they're, it's happening all over. So you've got brands like Campari spending, you know, first 20 pizzas are on me over at tribute. So I would just stay up on the, on, on the gram and on, on Facebook, uh, checking out USBG, uh, that group for sure. But then just, uh, this, there's an, there's a couple other industry uh, related groups that I would just kind of research. Um, yeah, and you're saying it's okay for you know pretty much anybody who's in the hospitality industry to to be able to join the USB page. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I, I, we don't police that. We just want everybody to get information, you know, as fast as possible. Um, so obviously, we've been doing a lot of information gathering and, and spreading. And then as a chapter, we've also been donating um, to anybody in need in our industry. Uh, we have a survey that goes out every week. Um, on on the USBG page, and then I always blast it on my my uh, Facebook. Um, and we send it out to our email list. But that basically, this is a little questionnaire of, of what you need this week and what would be best for you. Um, and then we put together some some groceries and some supplies, and we've been sending those out delivery or have a little. Uh, we when it what when the when we weren't at total lockdown, we were handing those out in person, yeah. and now we're delivering them. But um, yeah, so we have like another. 25 30 going out this weekend um last week it was 100 so it actually helps it it makes me feel a little bit better about things that there's more people you know or less people in need this week at least it seems like so hopefully some of these other programs are working and hopefully some people are starting to get some unemployment checks um for those that filed real quickly yeah or maybe you know before this whole thing before the everything got shut down they were already on uh, low enough, you know, they, their hours have been slashed enough where they could go ahead and start, you know, filing. So that, that makes, 
that, that helps. It all helps. And hopefully whatever just got passed on the national level, you know, can help out as well. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see what happens with all that. Yeah, man. Um, you know, I just want to say one more time. I think it's really the USBG and obviously the local chapter that you're in charge of has just really been such a great model looking from the outside, at least to, for our industry um, from all aspects, right? Like just from looking at the technical side of how to be a great bartender and, but more so really the focus on the community members has been amazing. I really hope that, that can be an example for other institutions in our industry to kind of take lead. And then of course, with the focus on what you're doing right now for the community in a time of crisis, it's just really, really inspiring. Um, you know, there's a lot of, there's some other groups out there too, but a lot, sometimes they're focused on the laws or logistics or more for restaurant owners. And this is really sure. a focus on the community members. So, um, it's really amazing, man. I was just trying to spread the word on that. So, um, Thanks. And it's not every, ch I feel like every chapter approaches things differently. Right. And, um, and I obviously appreciate the USBG having some, some programs and some national, you know, programming and funding to help get, you know, resources to the local level. But I mean, it could be just me and a hundred of the best, you know, of, of the people who care the most about our industry getting together and, and working towards that goal. Right. And, and I can't, I couldn't do this alone. I have, we have, I'm lucky that I have a great group of, of members of our board here in San Diego that are crushing it, um, that I'm just a member of at this point. I, I'm still figurehead as a president, but uh, my voice is the same and I get the same vote as all six other, or five other board members. And they all come to, with amazing ideas and have been instrumental in kind of transitioning from a club house kind of atmosphere to something that actually benefits our community and actually pushes our community forward. And I wanted to make sure that's mentioned that um, I couldn't do it with, without everybody being active in this community and everybody trying to pitch a hand. And we have a list of, I, I'm going to probably say about 50 people who have been like, just tell us what we need. You need, we have time, we'll help. What do you need? You know, and, and that means a lot to me. And it means a lot to, I think everybody that we're even, even those that are out of work and, you know, worried about where rent's coming from. And they're just like, I want to help. You know, how do I help? I know there's people that are in worse shape than I am. Mm -hmm. And that's something we all have to keep in mind in, in our industry is that, you know, as much as it sucks right now, there, you know, there's people that are in way worse shape and we should just, we just need to be kind and respectful and try to help each other and get each other through this. Right. Cause it's, it doesn't seem like it's going away next week. We're, we're going to be in this for the long haul. Um, and we're all going to end up needing to lean on somebody, whether it's emotionally or, you know, financially or whatever it is mentally. And I'm worried, right? I was already worried. And you saw it. I was, we were already worried about our community before this all happened, as far as like mental wealth, you know, wealth and, 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 ha and happiness. And there's a lot of people who live alone, don't even have a pet. They're not allowed to go out of their house really much. And I, we just want to make sure hopefully things like zoom and FaceTime help but it's going to be a tough little go here. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It's going to, it's uh, yeah, we just need to stick together more than, more than ever right now. Um, so I think that's why this is so important really. So keep on doing what you're doing. Um, right. We'll make sure to try to get people on that page as well. So they kind of have some updates just to see what other people are doing, which even that alone is really helpful and inspiring, right? You see so much, so much bullshit at times online, just it's just one negative thing after another. And then you see, Oh, look at this person contributing to the community that that's actually uplifting and, and inspiring for you to do something too. So it's, yeah, I'm thankful that I just don't have time for meme for meme generation and meme spreading, you know, like let, I'll let somebody else hand that is funny. I do some ones out there and I do appreciate seeing them, but uh, for those people, for me and for a lot of, a lot of, you know, people I associate with, we're just trying to keep, you know, 
trying to just trying to make things better and trying to keep us all going. And, um, and that's, and for me, that's really inspiring to see that and, and to be a part of that. Yeah. hundred percent. Well, again, thanks for everything you're doing, Stefan and uh, keep in touch and please let us know how we can help. Um, any parting words for the crew, for the community? Just uh, stay positive, stay well out there, check in on all your, all your loved ones, family and friends. That's, and just be patient with yourself. That's great advice. Stay safe, brother. Stay healthy. Thanks so much for the time, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Cheers. Cheers, man. Bye, Thank everybody. You.